This is the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm Matt Addison with Ian Doyle, Paul Gorst and Joe Rimmer alongside me this afternoon. Welcome along to those of you who are watching us live and to those listening back later on too. On today's agenda, everything we know so far after a farcical international window, the latest injury news, a preview of Leeds United and a big weekend of Premier League football and much more too. Willie, I'll come to you first, given that Joe seems to have uh, have gone with his camera. Um, We'll start with the the international football situation involving Liverpool's Brazilian players, plenty of other players as well, of course, which at the time of recording, it's not being resolved. But of course, it's only 21 hours or so until Manchester City play Leicester. They've got a couple of players in Edison and and Gabriel Jesus there. It's all just a, a bit of a mess, isn't it, at this point? It, it's a mess in the sense that they haven't made their mind at what they're doing. I mean, that's the real issue, is that if they'd have decided like a week ago and said, right, this is what's going to happen, this is this is how things are going to be, I think people might have moaned a bit, but then they'd have gone, fine, well, we can get on with it. But the fact that they've left it up in the open, I mean, I mean City, I'm right in saying City, I think uh, their other keeper's got coronavirus, hasn't he? So at the moment, it looked like uh, Scott Carson being goal, which is, you know, I think he's about as old as I am. So it's not great for them, but... <clears throat> I think just overall looking at the situation, you can see why the clubs are a bit are a bit they miffed, basically, because it's it's technically got nothing to do with them. Because you okay, you could argue, well, they could have let the players go, but then okay, right, they'd let them go, but then they'd have to come back and then they wouldn't see them again for ten days. And then they possibly then wouldn't play again for at least another five or six because they're not just not playing, they're in a quarantine hotel. And then I know I'm sure we'll get on to the ins and outs of this, but if you if you look at Jurgen Klopp made a very interesting point in his press conference where he was he basically said, look, if we ask for an exemption, there'll be people who say, well, hang on, how come they get one and, and I can't have one? But you know, these footballers, he pointed out, they're all living in a bubble, aren't they? You know, they, they go to the training ground, they go to the match, then they go home. They don't really do anything else, you know. And it's it's kind of, you know, they're all stuck together in their place of work. It's almost like the complete opposite of us because we're obviously all encouraged to stay a million miles away from each other. And we still are after 18 months. And yeah, for footballers, they're, they're, theirs is the opposite way where they've just got to stick together because then that kind of lessens the impact of, of any of any, you know, the virus that they might get. So from that point of view, you could see why an exemption would be ideal, but you can see why the government haven't done it because, you know, they, they did it for certain events like the European Championships or the Copper America. I think they did it for the uh, for Wimbledon, I think it was, and the, and the, form, uh, the British Grand Prix Formula One. But for, for everything else, they've just gone, well, this is just normal international football. We can't just keep on doing this. And the worry is that if it doesn't get sorted <clears throat> one way or another in the next day or two, we're just going to have exactly the same situation in October, exactly the same situation in November. So I think what people want is a bit of clarity. If they can't play the players for this game, not just Liverpool, but you know, Leeds will at one have Rafinha, as you mentioned, City and United will have Fred, which will, might end up helping them actually in a way. But you know, they're, they're, they'll know then, won't they? They'll go, okay, right. But well, we, you can, you know, we're not going to release you again in October, and we will plan ahead now without playing for these next game or next two games because it's better doing that than being without them for five or six. So you can see what the, why the clubs are, why they've done that. But ultimately, they're just in a strange position where all of this has got nothing to do with them. They, they would have been quite happy for the players to, to play for their countries, as they have been for every other player that's gone to all the other countries that aren't on red lists. You know, so there's no issue there. But uh, no, it's not great. It's not just affecting Liverpool, but it would help one way or another if they actually come out and make a decision in the next few hours. 
Yeah, it's not an ideal situation, far from it. And before we go any further, let's have a listen now to what Jurgen Klopp had to say about it a little bit earlier on. Uh, I, I have no idea when I get, um, when I can expect a solution. We will see. Um, I don't know in a moment when I have to make a decision about it, to be honest. So there will be a moment today. The training session obviously would be a very important one. It would be nice to train with the team. Uh, I want to play on, the, on, on Sunday. We will see. 22 players on the pitch plus 15, I don't know, all together around, um, that they would be a risk. They are, of course, not. They are, of course, not. So we have to make, at one point, somebody has to make a decision. Otherwise, we just move that, that problem from one international break to the next. And have, I cannot decide that, obviously, but it's not okay that in the end, then only the players and the clubs um, get punished for it because we had nothing to do with neither nor. And that's it. Jurgen Klopp there, Gorsty, in his press conference ahead of, of Leeds United. I'll, I'll come to you next. I mean, it, it just seems very late in the day, doesn't it? And you can kind of sense the exasperation, really, from Jurgen Klopp, and, and rightly so at this point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, these players are going to be training tonight. They were training yesterday and still not sure if they're going to be able to play. Um, it's a very strange situation, isn't it? Um, I also feel a bit sorry for, for Alison of Avenio because... Um, the very patriotic, like pretty much every Brazilian international, absolutely love playing for the country. Um, but haven't been allowed to because of you know understandable kind of measures in place to basically stop you know coronavirus spreading around the world. You know, Brazil is one of the hardest hit nations in the world, and um, there are very obvious reservations for sending players around the world to, to go and play, play there, isn't it? So, um they haven't been allowed to do that and basically went through a lot of, particularly Alison went through a lot of um, issues with playing in the Copa America. Didn't particularly want to play in Brazil at the time. I remember rightly, I think the players put out a collective statement, didn't he, saying that we love playing for our country, so we will, but we'd ideally not be asked to do this during the middle of a global pandemic and now they're being told that they can't play for the clubs and from the very people who they go and play for and, and put all their efforts in towards. So it's a very strange situation. So I do feel particularly sorry for, for those two. And probably Alison in particular. You know, both both of those players actually have had a bit of a tough time, haven't they, with not being able to return back to the homeland following the respective deaths of the fathers this year as well. So um it's been a very difficult situation for those two in particular. And, and look if if neither of them can play on Sunday then Liverpool will have to grin and bear it sadly and, and, and kind of just get on with it but from a kind of human perspective it's, it's been very unfair on those two um, and from a sport perspective it just seems very petty and um, pathetic really from, from the Brazilian authorities who've done their utmost to make sure that uh, you know um, the Brazilian players are unable to play so um, strange surreal situation but um you know, it is what it is. Hopefully, there is some um, common sense that can be found. I think that's a, a key point, isn't it, Joe? That no one really benefits from this. It, it's just a, a petty decision to, to get back at, at Liverpool. But the Brazilian FA don't gain anything from this. They're just stopping other teams and, and their own players, really, from, from having this weekend of football. Whilst I agree, I think it does feel petty. 
I suppose the Brazilian FA would argue that they're trying to set their stall out quite early because, as Doyle alluded to earlier, this has the potential to drag on past this international break into the next one and into the, the ones after that. You know, we don't know when or if this is going to come to an end. And if the UK government doesn't doesn't give football players an exemption and you know, Klopp set out the reasons why you know, that, that might not be possible, um, you know, it's going to be the club and country rows are going to continue, aren't they? So the Brazilian FA will probably say, well, you know, we have to show, we have to be strong and have to fight for our own um, rights in the sense that, you know, we want these players and what happens in October if Liverpool refuse to release again, then again in the following year. So it does feel petty, um, but I'm sure they've got their reasons for it. Um, and I think... I think there's something wider going on here. You know, Klopp's quite outspoken in the way he feels about um, the football calendar. Um, look, none of us, you know, I, I'm pretty, I, I don't enjoy international football in, in any way, shape or form, but but it always feels like international football gets the blame, doesn't it? When we talk about, when we talk about players playing too many games, the finger is always pointed at international football. There's too many international breaks, too many international tournaments, things like the Nations League, which is, which feels totally useless, but they, you know, the, the international FAs still have to, they still have to function, don't they? And they still have to take part in the competitions that they're in. So they will have their own opinions and they want to fight for their own rights. So I can't, you know, as much as I, I do feel it's petty, I can kind of understand why they've done it. And I think, you know, it's something that they'll probably try and do again and again. And it's look, it's not just Brazil. I know Mexico, I've just seen that Mexico have um, have sort of changed their minds now and, and, and allowed um, Jimenez to play for Wolves, but other FAs have done it, haven't they? So um, it might be something that they're trying to do and stay, stay strong. And it'll be interesting in the, in the next international break if the situation remains the same, because a lot of the European teams play in red-listed countries and w- whether they'll do the same thing if Liverpool don't let the likes of Van Dijk play. Um, or what about Egypt, where you've got Salah um, and Liverpool allowed them to play in one game, but in the next one, if it, I think the, the more there's more red countries that be playing. So would would Egypt say, okay, last time we sort of agree came to an agreement, but this time we want him, and if not, we will we will try and do the same thing. So it's interesting, but I think it, what it comes down to is, yeah, there's a bit of a club and country standoff, um, which I think this shows you the relationships between the FAs and, and clubs aren't that strong and probably need quite a bit of work. Joe mentions there, Doyley, that, that Mexico seem to have, have rescinded their decision on Jimenez. Obviously, Everton and Richarlison were unaffected. Pep Guardiola appeared to suggest during his press conference that he thinks that his Brazilian players are going to play. Klopp said he wouldn't take the risk. Is part of the problem here the inconsistency of the application of the rule? If this was just across the board, everybody the same. Would that be a little bit easier, do you think, for, for Liverpool fans and, and fans of other clubs to be able to accept it? I think we have to take it, <clears throat> bear in mind that Richarlison did play in the Olympics and Everton did let him go, so I don't really have any problems with that. So it is down to individual relationships. And the interesting point that Joe made there, I've completely forgotten that the games themselves, even if there'd been no coronavirus, they, well, Obviously, the game there's the reason why this this happened in terms of Brazil's last game got played this morning, like about half one in the morning, our time on the Friday. Those if Liverpool were playing on the Saturday, there's absolutely no way any of them would have been playing anyway for Liverpool because they couldn't have possibly come back. And even if 
even with the game being played on Sunday against Leeds, there's a very good chance that he wouldn't have, possibly Alisson would have played, but I'd be amazed if Fabinho and Firmino would have played. And I know it turns out that Firmino was injured anyway, but that's not the point. The point is, is that Klopp said that himself. He says the same thing's going to happen again next time because the Brazil Argentina game got called off, so they've got to play it sometime. So they'll end up playing three games again. And you've, regardless of there being any quarantine or anything like that, you've, you've got the same situation again. So that's more of an issue for international football. In terms of the actual <clears throat> application of this five day rule, I just think, um, no, I don't think it's so much consistency. I just think. As Joe said, it's a bit of a power play by Brazil. I don't blame them for doing it, to be honest, because they've lost most of their first choice team. And I know Klopp said, well, they won, they won the games in the in the uh, in the international break, but that's kind of not the point. There'll come a time where they'll play a tough games and they'll end up getting beat if they haven't got the best team. That's the same for any team. But exactly, it's exactly the same as what might happen to Liverpool on Sunday, for example. I'm sure if Liverpool win, they're not going to go, oh, well, that was all right then, wasn't it? It's like no, they won't. They'll still be you know fuming about it. So. Yeah, it is awkward, but it's just the world that we're in at the moment. And it's, you know, it's an old phrase that we've not heard for a while, but it's unprecedented times. We haven't heard that for a while, uh, but it still is. It still is. And this has been coming a mile off. If you, you could have seen it coming ages since once the 10 day quarantine rule came in, like about a month ago, we were writing about it saying, you do realize this might happen. And you look at Joe mentioned the Egypt situation with Salah. Yeah, that, that's a, that's, that is a word. It's worked. Liverpool have said, we want him to play, which is why we're clearly letting him play in the game that he can play, but he can't play in the other one. It just happened that just happened to be in Egypt. I think Theo's written Theo Squires has written a piece where he's he's looked into his crystal ball and thought, well, these are the ones that are going to still be in the red list then. And there's like I think Mane is affected in the next one, and Cater will be as well for for one of his games. And some of the European ones, as, as was mentioned, you know, Van Dijk, I think Montenegro. So I think they're a bit different because I think. Other countries might just go, well, we're, we're not sending any of our players there, so we'll rearrange the game somewhere else, which I know is unfair on, in that particular case, Montenegro. But, you know, that's what they were doing last year, wasn't it? Where I think, was it Portugal? Somebody played, Spain played in Portugal, something stupid like that. There was quite a few games. I think Portugal played Norway and Spain, or whatever it was. It was something daft like that. There were games being played. But the difference there, there was no fans there. And we're seeing fans starting to come into certain, certain grounds. Funny enough, not in Brazil. There was no one there anyway, was there watching those games? So it would it's like they could have just basically played the game over here, couldn't they? Would have made a bit more sense. But you know, then you know, Brazil are quite happy to play friendlies over in London when it's for their uh, their sponsors to to help them out there. So perhaps they could have done a little something there. I don't know. Maybe that could be the answer. Would they have been allowed would the Brazilian officials have been allowed to travel here though, with them being a red country? Well, well that's have, well they could, they, could early, they could have gone early, couldn't they? They could have come early. And done the quarantine, so yeah, this is this is there is more. But then Brazil would quite rightly say, Hang on, we're Brazil, we want to play all our games at home. Why the hell should we move? So you can see why there is always an answer, there's always an answer to get around these things. The problem is people have their own rightly own beliefs and their own preferences, and they don't want to give any of those up. So why should they? It's not their fault that this pandemic's going to turn around. One of the points that the clock made, Gorsty, was that actually we should think a, a little bit about the players as well. It's all right talking about Brazil as a, a country, but for the individual players, as you mentioned before, it, it's not an ideal situation for them, whichever way it would have happened, if they'd have had to have quarantined and, and been in a hotel. As it happens, they're now caught up in this. Sometimes you, you have to put them first as well, because as Klopp said, without them, the whole thing is non-existent. Well, exactly, yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the whole idea of 
elite sportsmen quarantining for 10 days is a bit of a nonsense, isn't it? These are people who are tested three times a week and have been, that's been happening to them for well over a year. Um, and any kind of coronavirus cases that have flared up, then we quickly heard about it and they dealt with as effectively and as safely as possible. So that for me is an absolute nonsense. And I, and I think that will, uh, that's only ever kind of, suggested by people who um, maybe have a bit of bone of contention with the fact that there might be one or two exemptions for certain professions. Um, so this idea of, you know, Alison Becker sitting in a, in a hotel next to Manchester Airport for two weeks living off Rice Krispies is a bit of a, of a nonsense for me. So um, I don't think that is ever going to happen. You're more complex than Rice Krispies. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, there's... Certain exemptions should be made for certain professions. I, th I think that is um, is fairly common sense. Um, but yeah, you, you do feel for, for these players, particularly the ones who, who absolutely love playing for the country, and and the Brazilians are, are certainly fall into that category. So, um, look, hopefully that there's a more agreeable resolution for for everyone in the next round of, of international fixtures. We we certainly don't want to. Another situation where we're coming back from the October international break, and then you find out that um, Alisson can't play against you know whoever it is Watford or Manchester United, isn't it? I think is is that one of them? Watford, Watford. Is it Watford? Is that Watford, November? Watford and Atletico Madrid, it would be. Mm. All right. So um, yeah, ho hopefully um, this is a little bit of a of a one-off, and and you know there might even still be a late resolution because we've seen you know as Joe mentioned before, just before we started recording that Mexico kind of happy for Raul Jimenez to play for Wolves. So, um, yeah, if, if there isn't a resolution this time, let's hope that um, by next month there is some sort of plan in place for um, all parties to be happy with. So, Ghosty, if you were stuck in a hotel for 10 days, what, what cereal would you would you have? <laughs> Serious question is for everybody. Which one would you have, Ghosty? Well, yeah, I don't think you get a choice in it. I've just had a mate who's, who's had to do it because he was in Sri Lanka working. And he's basically been living off uh, bananas and apples and cereal for, for two weeks. Which, uh, which cereal would you choose? Which cereal would you have? Yeah, I'd go with Frosties. I'm a kid. I'm 100% on, on board with the Frosties. Joe? Possibly Crunchy Nut. Crunchy nut. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Crunchy Nut's a shout, isn't it? Yeah. Crunchy yeah. Nut is a shout. Oh, um, like Brown Flakes as well. Pop, pop. Put brown flakes into the mix as well. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty boring. Keep you regular. It is boring. It is boring. <laughs> it is boring. Healthy. By the way, fair play to these players for getting tested. And anyone who's in any profession that has to get tested regularly. I came back from France this week, so I've done two tests, did the day two test yesterday. And uh, I still gag every time I put the swab yeah. in the throat. And then I, in France, the fella, the French fella, stuck the, the swab so far up my nose. It felt like it was coming into my brain. And I, I, I was, I was like, Gagging and, and sneezing, really struggling. And all he said to me, this humorous Frenchman, just said, Put your head on the wall. It was quite a struggle, and, and I felt pretty embarrassed afterwards. Tears streaming down my face. So, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's no good. Yeah. 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 Fair play to anyone who has to go through that three times a week, certainly. But uh, we will move on then from the international football section. We will move on to, well, not quite actually, because we're going to talk a little bit about Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, who of course played 
45 minutes for England in midfield. But in terms of Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp and Trent from a club perspective, I'm sure we won't see that. But uh, Joe, what did you make of Jurgen Klopp's comments? He basically said, actually, best right back in the world. Sorry, so thank, you. Th- thank you for, for telling me what, what um, he said then, because I wasn't listening to anything you said. Because of that message that just came up on the screen. Yeah, you know what? I, I think we just have to quickly revisit Grand Flakes, because I don't think any of us really gave you enough Abuse ready, but it's such <laughs> brand fights. It's a like, Let's do 10 minutes on you're, brand you're flakes. You're stuck quarantine in 10 days and you want to eat brand flakes. It's literally you know brand flakes. cardboard for 10 days. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Uh, as as Gorsty said, you've got apples and, and bananas as well to pick from. So, if oh, yeah, so flakes are not so, your thing. So exciting that apples, bananas, <laughs> and, and brand flakes. That's why I went with Frosties. They're already sugared. Yeah, Frosties is the way forward. Yeah, I think I'd rather, well, yeah, Frosty's far better than Bran Flakes. Can't believe you said that. <laughs> right, anyway, yeah. Well, Trent Alexander-Arnold, I think Klopp just nailed it. I don't really think I, there's a, there's much to add to it. I still find it bizarre that we have to have this Trent in midfield debate. And yeah. again, you know, Gareth Southgate clearly just doesn't rate him as a right-back, does he? Because he's always messing around with him. And this was the latest mess we have to mess around with him in midfield. And, you know, it, it's just... It's 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 a farce for me that the, the Trent debate. I just think, yeah, what? I mean, we never did we ever go on oh, Roberto Carlos? Should we play him up front? Should we play him? <laughs> if, or do we just accept that he was a brilliant left back and and it, and he did you know he did what he did from left back? And as Klopp said, it's like almost dismissing the right back position as not being that important. And it, it's strange because, I mean, look, Liverpool fans know it. Anyone who's watched this team over the last few years knows how important the fullbacks are and. It's not as if Trent or Robertson, for that matter, at Liverpool, you know, play as this sort of, I don't know, traditional right-back that doesn't leave his own half. He pretty much plays in midfield anyway. So this whole experiment, to me, is just it's just a bit of a farce. It's a bit silly. And it's all just Gareth Southgate trying to get around the fact that he doesn't really rate Trent. And if he doesn't rate Trent, then, yeah, I don't agree with him. I think he's a bit mad, but that's his prerogative. And he can, you know... He, he, he can just stick Trent on the bench or or even better, don't call him up if that's the way you feel. But I just think this squeeze him into midfield just to, to sort of have the debate again. And, th- and then we have to listen to, oh, Trent didn't do very well in midfield. Did he? he that, that failed. And I think, but yeah, the, the, the fellas are right back. You know, like, it's it's all just a farce to me. And I think Klopp nailed it today. You know, I saw a lot of people on social media sort of reflecting that and saying, you know, amen, Klopp has, has completely... Sum this up perfectly, but if you know, just watching for Liverpool, he's the, he's the best right back you know I've, I've ever seen play for Liverpool. And I think that just about sums it up, really. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I think a lot of people as well, even if he had played really well, would have said, well, it's Andorra. What does it matter? What do you expect? So it was almost a, a lose-lose situation really for him in in that sense. But uh, Dordi, we certainly won't be seeing Trent in midfield against Leeds United this weekend. Marcelo Bielsa's team, always a team that are quite interesting to, to look at in terms of the way they play. But they've not started the season particularly well. A 5-1 defeat to Manchester United, draws then with Everton and Burnley. What do you make of them? And, and should Liverpool be... Pretty confident of going there and winning, even though there is this kind of mystique almost about the way that they play. Um, I don't think they should be confident they're going to go there and win. <clears throat> I think this is the first time Liverpool would have played a game at, at Leeds with a full crowd in how long? 
about tw- about nearly twenty years, is it? I can't remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a is that two all that game? I want to say two all. I can't remember. Was one the Al scored on a very? That was a League Cup game. That was before them. That was before. I was there for that one. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely before that. So it's been a long time, basically. And I think it's a game where the Leeds fans, they'll feel, I know, with the greatest to respect to Everton and Burnley, they'll feel as though this is their first. In fact, was he, Burnley was away anyway, wasn't it, when we're talking about it? So, greatest respect to Everton. You know, while that was a very good atmosphere, from what I've been told, certainly the game looked quite good from the highlights that I've seen. This will be the first visit of a of what Leeds would call one of the, perhaps one of the more historically traditional rivals. And they'll, they'll be massively up for this. I mean, it, they might not, might not have Rafinha. That's probably an even bigger blow for them than it is for Liverpool missing any of their players, the, the three Brazilians, you might argue, because he's he's that good a player for them. And they'll have, you know, the likes of Patrick Bamford will be quite up for it, given what happened to him for England. You know, he didn't, he didn't exactly, it wasn't his fault, like, but, you know, he'll feel as though he's got a point to prove. And, and Liverpool went there, <clears throat> um, I was there for the game last season, which was, of course, was the um, European Super League day, which, uh, yeah, that was fun. Um were, I think Liverpool might be a little bit annoyed, still a little bit the T-shirt trick that Leeds pulled with the bit of a that was a bit naughty if we're being perfectly honest. And you know I think that riled Liverpool, and I would imagine Klopp will mention that in his in his team talk before the game. They won't have forgotten that. But just looking at Leeds in general, I can't see them being. You know, they won't struggle against relegation. It will be a more difficult season for them. It's always second season for teams that have come up. I just think the way that they play. It's quite refreshing, unfortunately, you know, for them when they come up against teams that play like, say, for example, Man United do, they're, they're invariably going to get beat. Although they did beat, um, they won City, didn't they, last year, last season? With 10 men as well. And, and yeah, and Drew at home against them as well. So that underlines the threat that they've got, but it is going to be a tough one. I think we'll get down to the teams and the, and the score predictions in a bit, but this will be just as tough as for Liverpool as the Chelsea game, but in a different way. I think the crowd is an important point, Ghosty, but I always think that the crowd can can help Leeds, but it probably will help Liverpool as well in terms of, of the way that they play and the way that they approach this one. Yeah, I think so. I, I think this is um, an interesting one because Liverpool have had a relatively agreeable opening to the Premier League this season. Obviously, Norwich, the crowd were absolutely up for that and created... A great deal of noise, but ultimately the quality on the pitch well isn't what you know what is is needed to to basically match Liverpool and then the home game against Burnley and um, similar kind of situation there. Chelsea one was a little bit different because Liverpool played the second half with a man extra and Chelsea were content to dig in and then really showed their title credentials from a defensive point of view. But this one's going to be a bit different because I think Leeds are going to absolutely come flying out the tops and. As uh, as Doyle says about the atmosphere, you know, there's probably not many teams you leads maybe dislike more than Liverpool. Possibly, well, obviously they have a real dislike of Manchester United, don't they? And I think Liverpool are probably not too far behind them. So I think the fans are going to be well up for it, and the players will feed into that. And we know that Leeds are high octane, in your face, smash mouth style, aren't they? And they will give up chances, but uh, they'll look to create them as well. And I think it'll be um, an entertaining game for, for the neutrals. Um, and then it's up to Liverpool to kind of ride the storm there and, and dig in when they can and, and defend properly and then ultimately hope that um, the greater quality in the final third takes over. 
There has been some suggestions today, Joe, that Liverpool looked at Patrick Bamford over the summer. Obviously, Rafinha is another player that's been linked. We don't know yet whether he'll be featuring, as we've mentioned, but it does go to show they do have some dangerous players and Liverpool will have to, to be at it on Sunday. Yeah, they certainly do. I, I really like Patrick Bamford. I think he's a, he's a really good footballer. Um, and Rafinha looked very good, but obviously he might be one of the ones that misses the game. But yeah, they, they seem to be able to, to change players and because of the style that they play and seem to, to keep the same rhythm. Um, but as Gorsi said, they are the type of team um, that, that do give up chances. And, you know, we've, we've seen them sort of, yeah, they have those big results against Man City, but get blown away by other teams. And I think the game against Liverpool will be behind closed doors at the start of last season when Liverpool won 4-3. Sort of some leads up, you know, they could be really dangerous. And at times Liverpool didn't really do as well as they could have done in that game. But then Liverpool banged four goals in and, and that was enough. So I think for Liverpool, it would just be a case of taking their chances. I, I think that, you know, if they're patient and if they defend well, they will Leeds will give up chances and, and Liverpool, if they're, they're ruthless, um, which I expect them to be, they'll win the game. Um, but yeah, I think they'll have to weather a little bit of a storm early doors. And, you know, there does seem to be a bit, a bit of needle between the two teams, both historically and, and because of last season. Um, so, you know, because the fans were a big part of that Super League thing, weren't they? You know, the fans were you know, at the stadium beforehand and whatnot. So, yeah, um, I think it's a really interesting game. I've always said that. I've, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Leeds. A, a, you know, a friend of mine was a Leeds fan in uni, so I went to a few games at Ellen Road and always thought it was a good atmosphere. Felt like a proper football club. And, you know, there's something quite like about them now. Obviously, you know, it's hard not to like their manager and their style of play. Um also, the, the players that they have are very talented, technical players. So, yeah, um, I, I'm really looking forward to it. Can't wait. And, you know, I think it's it's one of those games that it's just so hard to call. Um, you know, it could be a really tough test for Liverpool, but equally, I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool go there and win fairly comfortably. Um, it's just one of those really tricky games. Lots of other big games as well, Doyley, across the, the Premier League this weekend. Obviously, Leicester against Manchester City, Chelsea against Aston Villa. I'm sure Liverpool fans will be keeping an eye on those. Forget Cristiano Ronaldo. It's it's a big day in the Premier League, isn't it, tomorrow? It is, yeah. And forget Cristiano Ronaldo. We definitely need to do that because, you know, an old man comes back and plays football. You know, we've all seen him play loads of times. I mean, I mean by, the, by the way, how many times has he signed for Man United in the past two weeks? It's like, it's like on, on United's Twitter feed. It's like, he signed. There he is. He signed again. And here he is. And we're announcing his signing. Guess who's coming back? Ah, look who's our number seven. It's like, how many times? I mean, well played to the social media team. They managed to, you know, get every last ounce out of this before he's even he's even kicked a ball for them again. So, you know, in that respect, you know, it's quite interesting. I know that, I know that me and Matt don't agree on this about the old... I know we're not talking about this, but we're going to bring it up now. The 3 p.m. blackouts were... Matt thinks it's it's archaic and needs to go, whereas I think good. I, th I think it's glad it's... This is a very good example of why it should be. Those people who bought those tickets for United against Newcastle didn't know Ronaldo was playing. They went to watch a game of football, and now they've got the added bonus of actually being there in the stadium and being the one to actually see it live. So I think fair play to them. And before we go any further, is it just me, or without go, going all Father Ted, the, 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 sorry, the door behind Joe, is that really small or is it very far away because it looks absolutely <laughs> tiny on the screen <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, um, 
It's a small three foot door. It's like a hobbit hole. <laughs> it's like, it is just a normal size door. Why does it look so small? I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, 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 whilst we're at it, why don't you like the 3 pm blackout, Matt? Because you're young, you're very young. <clears throat> No, it's nothing. Nothing to do with my age. I just think it's it, it's one of those that football fans, if you know, if their team is is playing at three pm and they're not allowed to or haven't got access to to go into the game, they should be able to to watch it in a different way. I don't think it's massively fair that lots of other people in other countries can watch it. Yet people in Liverpool that don't have a ticket can't go and and watch it. And I'm just. You still I, I watch the, it back though, can't you? I think. Of course, yeah. No, the the, the, the big argument sports. is that you can people... you can follow you can follow it on the Liverpool Echo Live blog. <laughs> you can you can do honestly. That. You can do that from from anywhere. You can do that if it's on TV or not. I, I think the northwest is actually a good kind of area, concentrated area, to argue why there should be a three pm blackout because if Liverpool and Man United and to maybe a lesser extent Man City and Everton are playing at three pm on a Saturday. Um, and they're not on the telly, then that affects, in a positive way, teams like Trammy Rovers and Berry and Oldham mm. and Wigan and, well, maybe not Wigan, they're a little bit further up the chain, but all these teams that have got about the northwest who otherwise wouldn't be getting supporters going to the games, like FC Liverpool, and there's loads of teams who benefit from a 3pm blackout, and I couldn't believe that there was a reporter this week arguing that it should be thrown away on the basis of Ronaldo coming back, and it's unfair that we don't get to see him at three o'clock. I like, argue for it all you want, but not just because CR7 is back in the mix or whatever. I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> 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 the disdain in your voice has filled me with joy, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think I don't think they brought him in any kind of football and ideology they're not thinking well if we get him get him in between the six yard box and get balls into him and play off him and all be pausing because he's, he's going to do massive social media numbers and then everything else the city. yeah it's the yeah, yeah it's it's just the same, reason city, yeah. same reason you buy a big name player every summer just because of what he what he can bring to the social table and all he's going to Solskjaer is not going to say no is he as a manager if Edward comes up to him and says oh my judge do you want Ronaldo do you want Cavani he's not going to say no is he um the idea that they've made the money back in shirt sales already is, is complete nonsense as well. Yeah, I think we should say that. That's another, another thing completely. Another and don't change our tune when he scores his fifth goal against Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, I wish I'd have been able to see it. <laughs> yeah. to, be, to be fair, though, something I always loved about, you know, it, whether you went the match or not, but, you know, if you went the match, you know, you, you'd see the goals live and then you'd, I mean, obviously now you don't really have to wait anymore, but I used to love waiting to match the day to, to watch them again later on. Or if you, you know, I used to love it when matches were on the radio and you could listen to it on the radio and then wait. You'd sort of picture the goals in your head and then wait and see them on match the day later on. But uh, fair enough. I see, I see your point, Matt, but you're wrong. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let, let, let's not get started on match of the day. We've had that debate before as well, but we'll, uh, we'll move on. You want on rid to... of that as well? I don't you want, want rid of match of the day? I, I, I don't want rid of it. I just. You know, I, I think it's easier to watch the highlights straight away on other platforms. Oh, horrible, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 The youngsters oh, today want it now. Yeah. 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 The first yeah. was to record this podcast five days ago. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> anyway, we'll move on from Ronaldo, Bram Flakes, and, and all the rest of it to our team. <laughs> can we talk about the Bram Flakes, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, we cannot. We're going to talk about the, the team and we're going to move on to that very, very quickly because we are running out of time. But uh, in terms of the goalkeeper, it will be Alisson, unless he can't play, in which case it will be Quivin Kelleher. But Doily, you're back for. Um, I think it'll be Trent, who is not a midfielder. I think it's a tough one, really. I, uh, I'm i still going with Matip. I'm still going with Matip and I'm still going with Van Dijk, but I think Simic has a play left back. Interesting. Ghosty, I'll come to you next. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I've seen Robertson playing against um, someone earlier this week. It wasn't France, was it? Um, he, he played anyway. Simic has played as well, didn't he? And by all accounts, seemed to play well. I want to stick with Robertson. I think Simicass can come in for your Brentfords and your um, your Crystal Palace, possibly. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Robertson plays the first two and then it's Crystal Palace, isn't it, next weekend? So I think we might see Simicass in that one. Joe, who are you going to go for? Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'd think i go for Robertson as well, just because I think he's slightly more reliable defensively and I think Liverpool will have to be on their, on their guard defensively in this one. Um, and like you say, there's, there's different games going forward. You can get Jimmy Cass involved in. There's a League Cup game that um, I think he's almost certain to play in. So, you know, I, I, I don't... I mean, look, I, I was really impressed with Jimmy Cass in the first couple of games, but I don't see the reason you need to rotate Robertson um, right now anyway. You know, I think later on in the season perhaps, but certainly right now, I think he can play the League games and he can get Jimmy Cass involved in the, in the League Cup and every now and again otherwise. Yeah, it might have helped him a little bit with a bit of rhythm and, and match sharpness as well, having those games in the internationals. Dodi, we'll move on to midfield again. The obvious caveat over Fabinho, but with or without him, who are you going to pick? Well, I actually don't think any of the Brazilians will be playing it. I don't think I don't think they'll play them. I just don't think it'll, it's too late now. I think so. I think I'll go with Henderson. Uh, I'll go with Thiago. I'll go with Keita. Yep, I'm with you with that, Gosty. Yeah. Um... I seem to remember Thiago having a good game against Leeds uh, back in April, was it? So um, there's no Fabinho. I'll bring him in alongside Henderson. And is Milner, Milner fit? I think so, yeah. Yeah, um, so. maybe Milner just ahead of, of Keita. I think it might be time to give Harvey Elliott. Well, Elliott's injured, actually, isn't he? Yeah, um, yeah I'll go Milner over Keita. I think Elliot was, was in training, yeah, wasn't he, earlier in the week? Oh, Joe, are you going to go for, for Elliot, Joe, or, or go with uh, him maybe off the bench? Yeah, if Fabinho doesn't play, then like, like the guys will go for Thiago and, and Henderson. Um, I think I'm going to go for Cater because I think there's going to be a bit of space, because um, I think Leeds will, will press Liverpool, and if, if Cater can get out, then yeah, I think I, I'll, I'll go for Cater. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's definitely an argument for him. Possibly Oxley Chamberlain as well. It might be might be a game that suits him. But in terms of the the front three, Doherty, obviously Roberto Firmino isn't going to be there. So is it just a case of Jota, Salah, Mane? Well, there's a Rigi, don't forget. So it'll be Jota up front with Mane one side and Salah the other. <laughs> yep. No shout for uh, a Rigi for you, Doherty. Uh, Ghost even. No. Rigi is the brand. <laughs> Rigi is the brown flakes of those front three. <laughs> I think about Rigi, he'll be playing some games in the next couple of weeks, guaranteed. He'll play against he'll play Norwich. The, play the he'll court, play man. against Norwich. He could even he could have been get on in the next couple of games as well, I think. so. Would Minamino not come on ahead of, of Rigi? Is he not injured? 
Oh yes, think, of course. I think he, is, he misses yeah. this one, yep. doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah for yeah. this one, yeah. And I feel uh, slightly harsh for calling Rigi Bramflakes. I think that's actually harsh on a Rigi. Um, so don't think Grand Flakes have scored a Champions League final. No, no, I don't think they have a glorious. It's far too exciting for it. No, I don't think they have a glorious. It's far too exciting for it. Maybe just scoring an equaliser in the League Cup third round replay I have no idea where we're up to here. Joe, have I asked you for a, a front three? Or... Well, <laughs> it's not going to be um, Salah one side, man of the other, and Grand Flakes through the middle. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, we will see whether any of us are correct on Sunday. But before we do finish, we'll go for a score prediction. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Liverpool win. I think there'll be a few goals. We'll go in the same order, so Doyle, I'll go to you first. A very non-Bramflakey 2 all draw. Ooh. Gorsty? Uh, I think every point is, is massive now, isn't it? I think Liverpool um going to go with 2-1. And Joe, just to finish us? Yeah, with Gorsty, a very nervy 2-1 win. It should be yeah, a good game, I think. And we'll be back, of course, on Monday with the next Blood Red podcast, looking back on Leeds and ahead to that huge game with AC Milan next midweek. Plenty more to come before then as well, of course. If you haven't already, make sure you go over to www.bloodredpodcast.co.uk to sign up for our Blood Red Club. Even more exclusive Liverpool content on there, available only to members, and it's completely free. But from myself, Matt Addison, Ian Doyle, Paul Ghost and Joe Rimmer, until next time, it's goodbye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.